TTS gang, what's good? Salute. I was downtown at the Navy Yard taking my son Aiden to Kings County Distillery for his birthday. And when the gang got back, Ben and I hopped on the mics to talk through the fitness journey. You may not know. Now you know. I'm fully locked in on a 12-week program that'll expand to a 6-12-week to odyssey, likely just the remainder of my life, but specifically this transformative piece being 6-12 to 12 weeks. And it requires me to lift harder and eat smarter, but really just eat the equivalent of a U-Haul truck full of hyper-specific shit. I want to be menacing, and so I enlisted in Ben's army of iron. He's training me through this process, and I wanted to get him on the Patreon, not only to spew about the body, but how aspects of the mind are critical in working out and in life, for that matter. Like the idea of, of going to failure in order to grow. It was an excellent spew, and I'll be documenting this journey as best I can with a Sunday weigh-in, and maybe that'll be TikTok or Instagram Live. Not really sure, but it'll be up for public consumption each week so you can see how much bigger my dick got than the week before. TTS spews mode engaged. Those who want respect, give respect. TTS. It's fucking lame. We've moved through the whole story, we've hit all the major chapters, and now it's the current. It's where we are right now. I have embarked on a fucking journey. 12 weeks. What do I need to know? What is this program? How can you boil this down to me if I am fitness for dummies? Let's talk shop. Quick concept, because I wouldn't be a good sensei if one, as you said, I didn't curate the good dojo, but two, I didn't have the right training for my own set of senseis to build this type of program, which is one step of many steps, some of which you've already discussed, that will lead to an ultimate future. The idea behind all of this is, first and foremost, that as you've seen as an athlete, as a young athlete, as a aged athlete, as a man in the courts of UF, like the investment in play and in serious construction in the body is the most important investment that you really can do. Investing in the mind and body is like the only thing that we're really here to do. Everything else is in some ways compensation for that type of investment. And the things that dole us out and and, and, and dull us down are the things that stress out that mind and then stress out that body as a um, consequence. One of the quotes I like to live by is to the best way to get out of the mind is to get into the body. So when you're asking about the logistics of this program, it is to escape that mind, to construct the right kind of body, which then feeds back into the mindset. You talked about this man dripped out in the Albanian rec gym. That's the Deion Sanders quote, look good, feel good, play good. You know what I mean? So getting and setting up the right kind of program to construct the right kind of body, to then build the right kind of mindset, to then attack and own the life that you want to live is really the philosophical breakdown of how we do any of this. So there's so much science and research that you can do to inform the way that you want to approach that attack. But the reasons, the why for that attack is the most critical thing in my mind that stop so many people from taking a serious or next leap because one they don't want to sacrifice but more importantly they don't realize that they actually do want to sacrifice but the, the things that they think that they would lose by sacrificing are things that they fear 
would keep them kind of like locked into that approach that doing something like this is going to get them to anyways. Like people don't want to, you know, lose some of their social time or some of their me time or some of these other coping mechanisms that they have to deal with life and to deal with stress and consolidating them into a more physical approach, I think gives them and gives me at least and many people that are like me that same kind of output. Most people just aren't willing to accept the fact that they have misprioritized what they consider sacrifice. And how often have you seen people come through your door seeking that guidance, but then ultimately will fall off? I was about to say that exact thing that many, many people will come with like this, this like puss in boots yearning in their eyes. I remember specifically I was out at, um, uh, Jersey Shore for the 4th of July and I had six of my friends four of my friends two of my friends of friends that looked at me and were like how can I tap in to the approach that you have taken and I give them everything I can and some will lock in to just the conversation and then fade off and never reach back out some will lock in for a number of weeks on a program or on just getting a little bit more organized the way they want to approach it and then inevitably the fatigue sets in and they fall off and the rare few have locked in for months at a time um, but almost always there's not the wherewithal to commit to changing it from a let's fix something to actually taking the mindset of this is a, a, a new lifestyle approach um, in the Cornwall days to bring that back up I developed a at home workout series that at its peak had just under 60 people following. Was it named? It was CoFit19 instead of COVID 19. <laughs> okay, go on. And okay. there was a shared Google Sheet. Absolutely I had uh, different tiers for different people at different levels of, of strength and different capacities. Um, that was followed by, again, th- th- this just under 60 number. And I put, I put my, my all into it. I put my heart into it because, as I said, the investment in the mind and body is the most important thing that someone can do. And if there's something that I can do to help guide that, like, that's so fucking fulfilling for me. Um, but so many people just don't want to see it through. And then they fall off and they come back with that same renewed energy. But it's in response to something. It's always reactive. It's never proactive. Dude, which is the thing that always. you're that I'm fired up about that to go back to the elite eight thing is like you took the time to like wait and hold off on like really tapping into me because you didn't want to do this in a reactive way. You were like, I'm going to get to the right setup where then I'm like, all right, now's the time. And that's Dude, why I'm like, a not, I'm not that concerned that you're going to be one of those. I'm going to fall off ASAP kind of kind of folk. A thousand percent. I had to find equilibrium across the board. Like if I had tried to do this last summer it would be in large part reactive to like me in in like fuck hoes mentality Mm -hmm. where it would be like a failed date or something and then it would be leaning heavily into iron but then having the other buckets be so unfulfilled Mm -hmm. and now it feels like there is a stasis to some degree of course there's always volatility that's just a part of the game that's the, the nature of the beast but even then now having each thing feel at least like it's at the right percent 
now is like the time I feel like I really can commit. And it's really, it's not a time thing necessarily. It's a mindset thing. A hundred percent. There for sure is a time component, but if you just manage your time wisely and you fit it into the places where you ordinarily may have not have thought originally to do so, then you can fully, fully embark on this adventure. And, only, and you can only do it successfully when you, as you just did, address the volatility. I'm, I'm going to use a lot of math through the course of this, of this breakdown. But one of the things that I always harp on is the math around consistency. And if you know that life is going to throw logistical curveballs at you at all times, but you have set yourself up to absorb all of those curveballs and still maintain the like numerical consistency that we want to set up, then you will never fail. You have, you have taken a step back, again, not reactive, but proactively, taken a step towards addressing those curveballs. And uh, to go back to the, the numbers pieces, we look at the classic January 1st. It's a new year. I've got resolutions. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go fucking hardcore. You go five, six days a week. You're like eating super clean and we'll address nutrition at some point. But you're doing all these things that you that you're a hundred percent committed to, and that fatigue wears you down super hard because you're not willing to confront that there will be curveballs that will stop you, because you're full steam ahead tunnel vision, and then you fall off, and then you wait a little bit, and then you react, and you're like, damn, I really fell off too hard. I need to go back and go a hundred percent again, and then that cycle swings back and forth. You oscillate between these extremes so many times that if you look over the course of 365 days, you're probably at a hundred percent for maybe six months of the year, maybe, right? And that feels like a lot. It does feel like a lot, right? But if you set up the the approach to, I know that this shit's going to throw these curveballs at me, so I'm going to commit to understanding that volatility, and I'm going to be at the 80% mark of consistency for 100% of the year, you're more at eight months to nine months of the 12-month year, not six months. And that just from a pure, like, easy bare bones breakdown you are doing net more work net more consistent work you're setting yourself up to be able to be locked in to a lifestyle approach over a long period of time where goals can actually be actualized instead of oh i think that i'm going to go hardcore for two months i'm going to all my all my problems are going to be fixed that's not how it works you have to be relatively consistent for a very long period of time to actually have this come to fruition and so many people want that quick fix, just kind of culture we live in. Um, that, that's why all those numbers and heads that I told you about fall off. That's why they do. Because they don't see that. They're not willing to stick around. And added later to all of this, because now we're really drilling into the program itself. What is the method outside of just pure conviction and mindset? Like, what is the literal, tangible, tactical method? The tactical method to maintaining this consistency or the tactical method to... This program that we're on right now. The one that I have fully indulged in. So, as, as we just talked about, that first step is setting that North Star, that appropriate North Star. The tactical piece is, in some ways, related to any other goal you set in life. It's the willing, the willingness to see failure. And literally on each workout, you are willing your body to failure at any given point. The idea of to do a a quick little science breakdown, when you train your body 
you have these filaments in your muscles called myosin and actin filaments. They get torn apart by the resistance that they face, right? Your body then uses its central nervous system to send signals to repair that, to repair those filaments, to then build the muscle because your body is telling itself that it's going to be under this continued resistance, this continued strain, and it needs to react to build up the strength to face that resistance or it will die. Just like if, you know, you are living in a sweltering hot area and you need to develop more melanin, your, your skin gets darker, right? If you are living in the cold and you're over, you know, over evolution scale, right? Like you develop more hair, more ways to adapt to the environment that your body is in. If you're putting your body under strain to failure, then your body's going to respond by building itself up. So the way that you can, in some ways, trick your central nervous system is continued resistance strain to failure. And then once you have set the threshold of failure at the rate that you're comfortable with, again, like the classic bodybuilder split of three sets of 10, right? But if you go past that 10 towards failure, and then you up the amount of resistance that you're in and then push to that threshold of failure again, then your body has adapted to failure at a stronger level, at a stronger threshold. And then you can bump that again and then reach that failure threshold again. And it continues to cycle where you are exclusively setting your body up to signal itself to grow stronger, to respond to the environment that you continue to change that it has to adapt to. That is a concept called progressive overload hypertrophy. And that is the bare bones core of any serious strength oriented gains program. And there's all sorts of hacky bro science and TikTok shit that you're going to see that's going to give you these workout ideas otherwise. But that core tenet of signaling failure in your body where you have to adapt is the only way that you're going to get better. And, and I, the... I say that in some ways, just real quick philosophical side note. Like, oh, you know, that, we're down for those. That is. Is that not everything else in life? Like, you have to fail to learn from that. It, like mentally, you Let's learn go. from a failure to then go. get better at something, right? Let's go fucking wall right now. <laughs> That's how anything works. We, we're just more able. We're more cogent to deal with that. And like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna give it my all to like learn some shit and learn from my mistakes. Like, your spine and your enzymes and your endocrine system aren't cogent like your brain is to like oh i know how to like learn from mistakes no you got to force your body to be in an environment where it's subconsciously learning from its mistakes it's failure um so it's, it's just tricking it that whole arnold shock the muscle shit that you hear on the pumping iron documentary it's scientifically real because you have to shock that nervous system to make it continue to send those signals to build the thing that you want to build and what's the moniker it's kill the boy the moniker is Graham talked to me, looked me in the eyes, and I knew it was real. And he said he wants to become a menace. He wants to become a big ass man. And in order to become a big ass man, you got to kill that little boy, and you got to bury him under six inches of fucking hard ass muscle. <laughs> I really felt like I could. Come one, come all. It's tough to say, y'all. 